0: So we mentioned earlier today it's Pentecost, but we also mentioned it's Confirmation. A Confirmation is a tradition. Uh, You will not see the Bible talk about, oh yes, you must be confirmed or you must have Confirmation. Uh, Although the concept is certainly there in the Bible. The Bible talks about how we should grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Uh, The Bible talks about how we want to be instructed uh, before we receive Holy Communion. And if I maybe just a little side, if you didn't grab communion, there, it's back there after the sermon, you can go grab it uh, so that we can receive communion together. But it says be to be able to examine ourselves before we receive communion so that it's a blessing for us and it doesn't hurt us. And that's why you've gone part of the reason why. Uh, Emily and Max have gone through instructions so that they can examine themselves uh, before receiving that, that wonderful sacrament today. Now in regards to that, that also reminds me when we talk about examination, this is something, a tradition of my church when I grew up, and maybe some of you had this as well, before confirmation, usually a week before or maybe a couple days before you would have not just confirmation, you would have examination where, and in the way it worked in my church growing up, they would seat all of the kids up front here and we'd be facing the congregation and the pastor would grill us with questions. And then we had to answer. And now there were 18 kids in my class and so we maybe each got four or five questions each. There are about 75 to 100 questions. I said we wouldn't do that today uh, for the two of you. That's why we met with you individually over the last couple of weeks, just you and your parents. and We went through those 75 to 100 questions reviewing what you've looked at the last three years, but I'm changing my mind. Uh, We are going to have examination today, so you can bring your chairs up and face the crowd and... You don't believe me? Imagine doing that, right? Uh, Or, okay, well, it's not going to be you we will put your parents up here, because the Bible says, moms and dads, you know what, it's your main responsibility to raise up your children, to train them, or raise them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. So uh, let's before we see the trainee, let's see the trainers, right? Or maybe let's just do it as a congregation. The first 12 in here today, you're up here, right? I mean, if we would do that, you would be just, do just fine. But I think there'd be a little bit of sweaty palms. There'd be a little bit of nervousness. Imagine being the disciples, those twelve. That there they were in the upper room on the night before Jesus died. And whenever we think about the upper uh, the upper room, we we think about oh the message or of, of communion that that Jesus gave his disciples communion. But that was only a little bit of it. There was so much that Jesus. Was telling them as last minute instructions you might even think about it as examination uh, john 13 through 17 just a fascinating section of god's word five straight chapters if you have a red letter bible it's almost all red because jesus talking and talking and praying and just kind of just spilling out last minute instructions for the disciples and we're going to look at just three verses today as is kind of our focus these words All this I have spoken while still with you. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. We're going to be looking at these words, but looking at these words in the context of that whole night. Again, that Jesus is really just, you know, unloading. It's this last-minute cram session, like before you take an exam, where you just try to get as much in there as possible. That's what Jesus is doing here. And and if the disciples are students, which is what a disciple is, you can almost imagine them saying, wait, 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 let me get this down, right? I need to remember this. I mean, there were some, some awesome things uh that jesus was sharing with them i'm just going to share a few of them from from the previous verses to this context but you know he says i will be with you only a little longer okay so he's talking about his impending death which would happen in less than 24 hours or he says love one another he gives them this this command which is really the summary of all of the commands or you you see this next one you know do not let your hearts be troubled he's he's answering their emotions he's answering their fears you believe in God. Believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. He's talking about heaven. I mean, and, and this is just you know from quotes from four verses. Uh, this is five chapters where he is just one point after another. And like I said, you can have the disciples there just thinking, "Man, I gotta, I gotta get this down." But it's it's then, it's then that maybe they're feeling the pressure of examination, feeling the pressure of being a disciple of Jesus couched in that beautiful setting of the upper room where you get communion is also this wonderful promise that applies not just to the disciples but to you and especially I want you guys to think about these words today as well you having been instructed for the last three years approximately just like the disciples can take comfort In these words from jesus again that says the advocate the holy spirit whom the father will send in my name will teach you all things and remind you remind you of everything that i have taught you that it's not up to you to cling on to everything that jesus has ever taught but that the Holy, he's going to send the Holy Spirit to help you do just that. That not only does he going to remind you, in some cases here, he says, the Holy Spirit's also going to teach you. That the Holy Spirit opens our eyes to, to apply even more truths of God's word that maybe we didn't get at first, but we often talk about the Holy Spirit enlightening us opening our eyes to the truths of God's word, applying them to our life. And you see that, you see that in, as an example in, in Peter. So Peter is one of the disciples that's there that night, probably saying, wait, 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 Jesus, let me get that down, that sounds important. Maybe you see the, how the Holy Spirit would have made a difference in his life. 53 days after Jesus says this, what is Peter doing? 53 days after Jesus says this is Pentecost, how we started our service today. And there you see Peter boldly standing up. He doesn't care if he has to stand in front of a crowd. You guys were nervous to sit here with 40 faces looking at you. He had 3,000 people looking at him. And he says, I'll talk about it. And he, he boldly proclaims the truths of God's word. He boldly proclaims, a message of repentance and forgiveness. He boldly proclaims how, how you guys crucified Jesus, but this this Jesus is alive again. And he boldly proclaims about baptism. That's 53 days down the road. But three hours down the road from where Jesus says this. Where do we find Peter? Like a fumbling, bumbling idiot cursing God even as he has to answer a few questions from a servant girl, proclaiming not to know Jesus at all. What's the difference in Peter's life over those 53 days? How does he go from fumbling, bumbling, cursing idiot to strong proclaimer of God's word? It's it's the difference of the Holy Spirit in his life. Reminding him of everything that Jesus had taught. Teaching him the significance of everything that Jesus had taught. That's the difference that the Holy Spirit made for Peter over the course of seven weeks. What difference does he make for your life? What difference does he make for our life? You know, I would say probably the most common way that I hear this may be being applied or that we could apply it. It has to do with a little bit with the ministry plan that we talked about last week, uh, Focus 2021. And if you weren't here, and again, I'd encourage you to pick up a packet. But we had three points to that. We talked about fellowship. It's going to be a major point of our next two years where we just want to you know, get those relationships back together that have been stretched so much this last year. Friendship evangelism, personally witnessing to my faith And then the third part was just getting ourselves set for the future. But that area, that second area of friendship, evangelism, personal witnessing, that's where I hear it so often. Well, I don't know what to say. I wouldn't know what to say. What a beautiful thing that the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will remind you of everything that Jesus has taught you. The Holy Spirit will put words in your mouth. You can witness. doesn't mean you have to have it all, you know, T's crossed and I's dotted in every doctrine of the Bible, but to share what Jesus means to you. You guys can do that. We can do that. That's what the Holy Spirit enables and equips us and empowers us to do. But it's not just witnessing that the Holy Spirit helps us with. I mean, you look again at some of those those, those amazing bombshells that you might say that Jesus dropped on the, on the disciples here. I mean, these are just heavy teachings. You know, I will, I will be with you no longer. And I think about that with our life. You know, 43 days after Jesus said this, he, he physically left, right? He ascended into heaven. He was no longer with his disciples Physically. And he's no longer with us physically today. Jesus is not sitting physically in any one of these chairs. And that can be frustrating to us. In so many ways, we, we start to think, well, well, Jesus, where are you? And that's where that Holy Spirit comes and reminds us that while Jesus may not just be sitting in a chair front and center of our churches or of our homes, The Holy Spirit can remind each and every one of us of what Jesus taught, of what Jesus said. He says, don't worry, I am with you always to the very end of the age. Or remind us of what Jesus said in that same upper room when he said, here I am. I'm in the sacrament. This is my body. This is my blood given and poured out for you for the forgiveness of your sins. The Holy Spirit reminds us of that when we feel like we're abandoned by God's presence in our life. Or you look at that next one, you know, love one another. And we hear that command from God and we crumble. We crumble under the pressure, the weight of it that we realize, you know what, I haven't always loved God. I haven't always loved one another. And there's the Holy Spirit reminding us Jesus did it for you. He loved his father perfectly. He loved his enemies perfectly for you. Or you look at that next, you know, that end line, my father's house has many rooms. And maybe we're wondering, yeah, okay, my father, his father's house has many rooms, but is there anyone with that has my name on the door? And there's the Holy Spirit reminding us don't listen to the devil who says, oh, you've sinned too much to ever have a room reserved for you in heaven. There's the Holy Spirit reminding us, don't listen to the world, the world that says there is no afterworld. No. The Spirit's reminding us, you don't, you don't have to let your hearts be troubled about that. Because this same Jesus who went away, he's coming back to take you. There is a room, <laughs> and your name's painted on the wall of that room. That's the Holy Spirit's job. And maybe we need to talk just a little bit about well, how does the Holy Spirit go about reminding us of those things. And I guess this is where I'd especially want to address you, Max and Emily, is that, is that I, I think sometimes we, we, we look for signs. Right? Lord, just give me a sign that I'm okay with you. Lord, give me a sign that... That i'm okay, that, that you're coming back that I have heaven or that that whatever that you 're with me or or maybe we we are listening for a like a whisper like is you know i haven't heard the Holy Spirit talk to me yet how do I know i 'm really a believer if you came to me five five years from now and you said, you know pastor i you know, I, I just don't feel like I'm loved by God. What would I say to you? Well, we got to get those feelings going. You know? Maybe we should just pray for a sign, you know, that, that, that the clouds say, I love you. I wouldn't do that. Where would I point you? To here. This is how the Holy Spirit reminds us of everything that Jesus has taught us. This is how the Holy Spirit opens our eyes and enlightens us and teaches us of what Jesus means for us. And yes, today is your confirmation that you are are going to say in a little bit, you know what, I believe these to be true. If that's true, then let it be your confirmation and not your graduation from God's Word. Don't just become, as some have said, a cultural Christian, where you just say, oh, yeah, I belong to a church, or I go to a church, or I confess I'm a Christ, but it's just words but rather stay connected to this. Because this is how the Holy Spirit will strengthen you. This is how the Holy Spirit will guide you. This is how the Holy Spirit will teach and remind you of everything that Jesus has done for you. And we say, okay, but what if? What if I read my Bible on a semi-regular basis? What if I'm in devotional life? What if I'm going to church regularly, but it still seems like the Spirit is silent? What if I still don't hear or see His presence or His influence in my life? Two things. One, I would say, first of all, be patient. The Holy Spirit doesn't always work in the way that we expect Him to work or on our timetables. But the Word does work. Uh, God promises that. The Word that He sends out will accomplish the very purpose for which He desired to send it. And that includes in your heart. So maybe just be patient. But another point maybe is that if if you don't find yourself as if you're reminded by the Holy Spirit about the teachings of God's word, maybe just be, take a step back and be reminded of the Holy Spirit. Just take some comfort in who he is before you always look at what he does. What do I mean by that? Well, the Holy Spirit often called the shy guy of the Trinity. Right? We know about God the Father. He said, let there be, and boom, there was. Creator, protector, preserver. We know about Jesus. He's the one who took on our flesh. He's the one who died on the cross for our sins. He's the one who rose from the graves. Holy Spirit, we maybe even sometimes forget that He exists. We forget about Pentecost. Right? And it's because it's not commercialized. And I'm kind of thankful it's not commercialized. But when we forget about, or we don't see the Holy Spirit, just Take a step back and say, oh, yeah, who is he? And what does he do? And, and to, you, you look at, at the way that Jesus talked about it again. You know, he, he called him an advocate. That's a neat title. An advocate is literally someone who gets called to your side. And I, I read a, a neat illustration of this from or heard an illustration of this from one of our missionaries in Cameroon, Africa. Uh, if you, according to this missionary friend of mine, there are, uh, they were trying to describe well, who do you, how do you teach who the Holy Spirit is? Because you can't point to Jesus hanging on a cross. You can't point to creation like you can for the Father. So how do you come up with words or descriptions of this third person of the Trinity? And, and in Africa, among the tribes, there's, this makes it even more difficult, there's 270 tribal languages. And so you have to look for a word that tries to capture this. And so these, these teachers, these translators, were having a difficult time uh, reaching out to their people and trying to describe the shy guy of the Trinity until one day uh, they were there and, and seven guys went out into the bush to, to do some work. And six of them were carrying, like they do in Africa, huge loads of equipment on top of their heads. But the seventh guy just walked. And they thought, well, that seventh guy, oh, he must be the boss, right? He doesn't have to do anything too difficult. He's just telling everybody else what to do. But that guy had an important job. As they traveled throughout that jungle throughout that bush, whenever one of the other guys got too tired, too weary and start to fall underneath the crush of uh, a, a crushing load, he would go over and he would lean down next to him and pick up that load and carry it until he could recover. And then uh, somebody else would go down and then he'd go to that guy and he'd go down, pick up his load and carry it for a while until that person could recover. And in the tribal language, they had a word for this guy, which literally could be one who falls down beside us. And that's when the translator said, that's it. And they used the same word for that gentleman, for the Holy Spirit. That that Holy Spirit is the one who falls down beside you. When we feel like we're getting crushed with the load of doubt in our life. Does God love me? The Holy Spirit promises to kneel down beside you. As God dispatches his Holy Spirit down to your side and he reminds you, yes, Jesus loves you. When you're despairing because your sin is so great, God dispatches the Holy Spirit and he kneels down beside you through the promises of his word, and he shows you the cross of Jesus. When you're angry at God, God, where are you in my life? God dispatches the Holy Spirit, and he kneels down beside you, and he reminds you and teaches you of everything, of everything that Jesus has taught you. He reminds you of this beautiful phrase, this beautiful line that Jesus said that night in the upper room. Peace. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives, but you guys. You guys don't have to let your hearts be troubled. And don't be afraid. And so it's our prayer that your life is our prayer for all of your life. That God continues to send his Holy Spirit to kneel down beside you and assure you of everything that Jesus has ever taught us. Amen. At this time,